Hello, Loose Lug Nation. Today we have episode number 63 for you. Uh, Mark, when I think of the number 63, I think of uh, Tony Wills and Clint Evans in the Superstock Division out at uh, Wisconsin International Raceway. Also, uh, Gary Lamont down at Slinger a few years ago, uh, running pretty well down there. And then Mittler uh, Brothers Racing in the NASCAR Truck Series. Who do you got? Man, I ain't got much of 63. You took uh, Gary away from me from track champion down at Slinger. Hey, how about Chuck Bowen? Back in the Xfinity Series, now at Bush Series. Never knew who Chuck Bowen was, but all of a sudden he was winning all them races in a 63 car. Do that, man. It comes up pretty much blank. I don't know much after that. Yeah, not a super popular number uh, at all, but uh, some some few local local guys and a Truck Series team. I think there's a Van Roy. I think back in the day... Way back when, um, I think a Van Roy ran a 63. And there's so many Van Roy's, I don't know which one I can name on that one. That's a big, that's a big family. <laughs> there sure is. Uh, well, let's uh, let's start with uh, interviewing Ty Majeski here. Ty, thanks for joining us, buddy. How are you doing today? Good, doing well. Hope you guys are doing the same, and I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, are you down in Bristol already? I am. We just uh, just got here, getting settled in, and um, getting ready for a for a long day tomorrow. So excited for it! So uh, yeah, fall kind of kicked in up here. It kind of cooled off. Huh? What's the weather down there? Is she still hot down south? Yeah, it was it was actually really nice today, about uh, mid seventies here. But tomorrow's going to heat back up again. We're looking somewhere in the mid eighties. So uh, mm. it's going to be a going to be a warm one tomorrow night. Oh boy. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, the last few races here. Uh, we have to go back to uh, Richmond. We thought, and it seemed like you thought as well, it would be similar to IRP where you had a lot of success. How similar was it? And also, congratulations on your qualifying run. Yeah, I appreciate that. It was uh, obviously a really solid weekend for us. Um, gave us a really good um, gap into the points going into, uh, the final or the cutoff race, final race in the, in the first round, which is Kansas, um, really fired off really good. Uh, we actually had a new truck. Uh, Johnny actually debuted it at IRP and we took it and turned it around to get it ready for Richmond and, uh, sat on the pole with it and, uh, had a really strong first stage, won the first stage. And, um, sometimes when you fire off that good, you get gun shy and making changes, right? Cause you don't want to mess it up and, um, I think we just got behind the track a little bit when the track tr transitioned from uh, from the day to the night, and we got, like I said, we got behind, and um, some of the other guys were, were making changes to catch us, and um, like I said, we just got really one set of changes behind, and um, that was the difference, but uh, overall, a really, really solid race for us. It was, uh, um, had a really solid truck, put the whole race together, all three stages, and ended up with a podium finish. You dominated stage one, but when you came to pit road, your Jackman fell right in front of you. Uh, scary situation there. You did a great job not hitting him too hard, and, and your team did a hell of a job recovering. Yeah, they did do a great job recovering. Um, sometimes when you have something like that happen, it uh, it turns into a, you know, a big catastrophe, but they recovered well. and um, Thankfully, we had put so many trucks a lap down. We had such a big buffer. Um, coming on to pit row, there was so much space in between us and some of the guys at the back half of even the top five. So um, it was actually good that I, you know, put quite a few trucks a lap down. It gave us a little bit more of a buffer. So um, something like that wasn't, uh, you know, prevented us from losing more spots than we did. 
you know, you came out third, and then you're following Chandler Smith. What did he have that you didn't? Because he was a real rocket. Yeah, he had, you know, obviously they hit it. Um, you know, they were, you know, showed really good in practice. They qualified second to us. So um, KBM was really, really strong there the last time we went there. Uh, so we knew they were going to be tough. And, um, you know, we kind of went with went to Richmond with a with a different setup and a new truck. And um, like I said, they just, they just had us beat. Uh, like I said, you know, I think we had the speed to match them, but uh, certainly just didn't keep up with the track enough as a transition into the night. Uh, in stage two, Mark just mentioned it, you had some ground to make up, uh, still had a good truck, but it looked like uh, once again, it was just hard to pass in dirty air. Yeah, it's just, you know, pretty standard. You know, Richmond is a place you have so much tire fall off uh, and the pace is so slow that, um, it just gets strung out and it makes it difficult to pass. So, um, you know, no, no different than any other, uh, truck race. Unfortunately, it's just kind of the nature of the beast and you've got to qualify good and qualify up front and maintain that track position. If you're going to win these races, you had a shot to win, but come home in third, uh, a great day for you guys again. Yeah, certainly. It was, uh, like I said, it was a, a big, big race for us. Gave us, you know, I think a 36 point gap going into Kansas. So that was a big relief for us. We knew we just needed to, um, you know, have a, have a decent day at Kansas and uh, we would have obviously been moving on to the next round. So that was, uh, that was the goal. And, you know, like I said, it, you know, made our, made us sleep a lot easier that week leading up into Kansas. Yeah. You had a very uh, fast truck again at Kansas earlier in the year. You had a great finish of second. You led some laps again, got some good stage points and clinched a spot in the round of eight after the second stage. Yeah, it was, um, you know, we did what we needed to do. Obviously, it wasn't uh, the day we were hoping for. We were hoping to go there and, and have a shot to win, and we fired off really well, uh, passed, passed the Ford truck, and, and um, had a chance to win that first stage. And um, we were anticipating the track doing um, what it did in spring, and it didn't. We just, if we would have just adjusted how we knew how to adjust and, um, you know, didn't anticipate what the track was going to do, we would have been fine. But we just... Got behind again on adjustments, and again, that's you know just me gaining experience in what these tracks do uh, from the day to the night, and also from uh, the spring to the fall. So uh, just a lot of note taking this season, building up my notebook on what these racetracks do, and uh, and what what the truck needs to be in practice uh, and to translate into the race at, at, at different times of the year. So I think um, I'll be a lot better going to these places again. And um, the, the 2023 schedule came out again uh, the, today. So looks like we'll be going to Kansas again in the spring and back in the fall. So I'm definitely going to have to take notes on what we experience and the differences between um, the times of the year. Yeah, I see Milwaukee's on that schedule. You can lick your chops on that one. Hey, uh, once at Kansas, when you found out that you uh, that you qualified into the final eight, that last setup, did you guys throw some dice at it and maybe try to figure out a setup? If you can do something like at Homestead, I don't know if you can compare Homestead to Kansas, but did you throw something at it just to see if it would work? Um, yeah, there's always so much you can do uh, once the race starts. Um, you know, I, we kind of knew after the first stage and, and how we ran that we were, you know, pretty much locked in, even though, you know, technically, mathematically, we weren't, it would have, you know, it would have taken a complete catastrophe and, you know, multiple guys below the cutoff to run you know, first, second, third, and one of them to win, and the other one to win the stage. There's just a lot of different scenarios that 
needed to happen. So we, we really didn't, you know, couldn't throw anything at it. We really didn't race any, any different. Um, you know, we were racing to, to win that race from, um, really the end of stage one on. So, um, I wish there was more we could adjust throughout the race to test, but, um, you're pretty much locked into, you know, track bar air pressure and, and, uh, and wedge adjustments. And they're just, you know, not a lot you can change once, once you get going. Another top 10 finish for you at Kansas. Uh, the theme of your season, once again, you're just top 10 the field to death. Yeah, we, uh, you know, as, as we've been saying, you know, we've been super consistent and and, on, and and really fast on all different types of racetracks. That's been our strong suit this year, and um, it's been great to to show our strength and um, and be versatile as far as the type of racetrack goes. And um, you know, I think we're, we've got good momentum going into uh, into the next round here. We got Bristol tomorrow, and then uh, and then we go to Talladega and, and Homestead. So obviously, Talladega is a um, you know, a huge wild card, and hopefully we can have a good Bristol. You know, at least have a good point day, and maybe find ourselves in Victor Lane and um, punch our ticket to, to Phoenix. That would be uh, that'd be great. You're minus nine points from your teammate Ben Rhodes, as we said, going into Bristol uh, tomorrow night from being inside the top four there. This round has the big wild card of Talladega in it, so it seems like Bristol is going to be be the key here. Uh, everyone is talking about it. You're a short track guy at heart here going into Bristol. What's your outlook for tomorrow night? I feel good about it. We're bringing the same truck that we had at Richmond. Um, so, you know, I, I feel good about the setup we have in it. And Joe's had great success here in the past. Uh, they were really good with Johnny uh, last year and the year before. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think we'll have a, a strong chance, as good of a chance as anybody. And I know, uh, you know, there's seven other guys uh, trying to do the same thing we are. Nobody wants to go to, to Talladega without being locked in. So, um, obviously, you, you know, anybody that, that wins tomorrow night and locks their way into Phoenix is going to sleep a lot better, that's for sure. So, um, like I said, I feel good about it. Um, we're, we're confident as a race team, and uh, hopefully we can get the job done. If you have to go to Talladega and don't clinch uh, your spot in, in Phoenix last night, or tomorrow night, excuse me, um, Talk about going to Talladega. It, does that does tomorrow night kind of have you thinking of a plan going into Talladega if you're going to kind of ride, let the wrecks happen? Or is it kind of just uh, pedal to the metal all race there regardless? Yeah, I, I just think given our points position and, and given, you know, the amount of playoff points we have to others, um, if, if we don't win a race in this round, we're going to have to have um, another round like we did the first one. So we're going to have to put all nine stages together um and and we're not going to be able or, or be able to afford to leave any points on the table uh we're just going to have to roll the dice and try and run up front at talladega collect stage points and uh and hopefully collect another top five at, at the very least so um it's going to be uh, obviously a nail biter you know like like you said always a wild card never know what's going to happen but um like i said just given our points position we're gonna we're gonna have to be pretty aggressive 200 laps that's such a short race i mean you're gonna to have to really be on it to go as soon as you strap in huh certainly uh the laps go by really quick 200 laps you know at you know roughly 15 seconds a lap uh it goes by really quick and um there's not a lot of opportunity for strategy um you know there's a you know a two two stop strategy and you can actually make it on one stop um if you so choose so uh just gonna have to see where we're at and where we're at as far as you know how the truck is and 
Um, hopefully the truck is good where we can, you know, make it on one stop. That would be probably the ideal strategy. And um, we'll just see how it shakes out. If you go into Miami Homestead, which is the last uh, race before Phoenix uh, in this round here, you do have some experience to kind of back you up there, though. Yeah, I have an Xfinity race and a, and a truck race at Homestead. So, um, yeah, I, I hope we're in a good points position going into Homestead. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, we're capable of winning every race, but I hope we can at least be, um, be in a situation to point our way in um to to phoenix rather than going to homestead with a, in a must-win situation so um we just like i said we got to put you know all three races together um given the where we're at points wise you know we can't afford to have a bad stage or a bad race um you know the the room for error is very slim and uh, you know like i said we're gonna have to execute on all fronts yeah, hey, looking at the uh, you talked about the schedule. Did you uh, got the glance at it? What did you uh, see about the schedule that came out for next year? Yeah, I think it's a solid step in the right direction. Um, logistically, I think there's you know maybe some issues. We go to uh, Texas twice, or uh, I shouldn't say twice. We go to Coda and then Texas Oval back to back weeks. There's obviously a huge logistical issue there for these race teams. We don't have haulers to bring you know, road course trucks and intermediate trucks and, and, and also have backups and it, it'd be a tight squeeze to, um, you know, get all the way there and all the way back. So it, um, other than a few logistical issues, I think that, you know, the, the actual venues and the, and the racetracks, you know, going back to Milwaukee and, and North Wilkesboro, uh, will be really neat. We're losing, basically losing one road course race and, and, uh, and, and one dirt race. So, um, I certainly think it's a, a step in the right direction. Uh, really excited, obviously, to go to Milwaukee and, 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 and also to Wilkesboro. Um, a lot of great racetracks for us on the schedule. Uh, it's certainly um, getting more and more short track oriented. Um, you know, you kind of saw the mile and a half take over, and then we were starting to get, uh, you know, two dirt races and three road courses, and uh, mile and a half were kind of taking a back seat, and now it, it's, um, you know, primarily short track. So, uh, excited about that. I feel like that plays into our strong suit. And um, I think I've learned a lot over the course of the year and have gotten a lot better uh, communicating with Joe. And we've gotten our race trucks better. Um, really excited for, for next year. I've been wanting to ask you about Milwaukee because since I saw the news kind of yesterday kind of come out, but I didn't want to say anything until it was official or get too excited. I mean, that place is just historic. It's the longest uh, active or longest running track in in america even over the indianapolis motor speedway uh i am so mark and i are already looking at getting tickets for that thing that is super exciting to see them come back to milwaukee yeah absolutely i think it'll be a packed house um the uh you know wisconsin fan base for you know short track pavement racing is incredibly strong we all know that um i think nascar is going to do really well going back there so i'm really excited to have a home race um, you know, it'll be probably an hour and a half from, uh, from where our house is. So, uh, really excited for that hometown crowd, um, should have a really, really good chance there, uh, with my experience and, and Joe's got some, some good, some good experience there as well, uh, back in the day with his dad. And of course, uh, uh, Johnny Sauter in some of the Bush and truck races there. So, um, excited for that. It's in the playoffs. Um, I think that's, a, that's going to be a pretty cool event. 
Speaking of Joe and his experience there, um, you'll you might find this a little funny. So I've been talking to a few people down at Kakana. My son is watching these older races, and I think it was from 1995, an ASA race came out from Chicago Speedway, which is in Cicero, Illinois. And that place looked very similar to Milwaukee as well. And Joe Shear was the crew chief for Johnny Sauter in the ASA race that day. So even without going to Milwaukee for some time for him, he can relay on even more experience with going to similar tracks, even though that was quite a while ago. Yeah, certainly. I think you can, you know, you can take some of the tracks on the schedule uh, currently like Gateway and, um, and IRP and there's other racetracks that um, will certainly correlate to the setup we would take to Milwaukee. So, um, and they're all racetracks that we've been really strong at this season. So I'm excited to, to go there. I think we'll have a really good chance at it. Um, looking at the at the playoff schedule, I really think it plays into our hands again, and um, hopefully we'll you know be fortunate enough to to make it there and, and have a good chance at it. Yeah, let's not get the cart in front of the horse. Let's get through this season, man. Let's see you pull this championship off, man. That would be so exciting. All of Wisconsin would just love that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Like I said, I, I think our team's in a really good spot. Um, you know, we've been hit on all cylinders and. Um, like where our trucks are as, a, as an organization. And uh, if we just do our job and execute and have another round like we just did, there should be no reason we can't uh, make our way to Phoenix. So that'd be uh, uh, definitely exceeding my expectations for this year. Um, but uh, given where our team has run this back half of the season, uh, I feel like we're you know one of the four trucks that deserve to be there. So um, just have to do our job and it'll, it'll happen. Well, Ty, thank you for joining us uh, all season long to this point. We can't wait to talk to you after Bristol tomorrow night. Good luck to you and your team, and uh, we look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Good luck, buddy. See ya. Thank you. Well, Mark, uh, I really wanted to talk to him about Bristol. We didn't talk to him too much about that uh, for tomorrow night, but, you know, like I said, he's a short track ace, uh, has had to really be scheduling this. If he made it this far in the playoffs, hell, if he didn't make it this far, this is one where you think he would run well. Yeah, he runs well. He he ran an Xfinity race and ended up uh, he ended up in a wreck in the middle of that. Not, not of his fault. His track was blocked. and So he has a couple laps around that track. But, uh, man, Bristol, 200 laps goes fast, man. That's a, you got to sit down and you got to be ready to rock. <laughs> Because those laps go fast there at Bristol. Oh, unbelievably. Yeah, unbelievably. You know, you're thinking if there's no stoppage runner, 15 seconds a lap, let's say, you know, you're running four a minute. So that's 50 minutes worth of time. You know, that <laughs> that goes quick. Obviously, you're going to have the stage breaks and some cautions. And everyone knowing that Talladega is the big wild card, you're going to see some really aggressive racing. The race is going to probably be one in the shop. And the truck that comes off the hauler and it's, it's out there rocking has probably got the best shot to win that race. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, well, we'll talk uh, uh, maybe more about it a little bit. So um, thanks to Ty for joining us once again. Uh, look forward to talking to him, like I said, uh, at the end of the interview there. So, uh, hey, let's talk about the last few races here. So we got to talk about Darlington first here, uh, the Xfinity race. Larson has a tire go down with three to go. Gregson would win the stage over Jones, Gibbs, Algier, Creed, Herbst, 
Hill, Bell, Weatherman, and Chastain. And then something under a caution in stage two, Alfredo gets in the back of Nemechek big time. Very, very strange there. That was strange. All of a sudden, he just drove along, and then all of a sudden, I don't know if he had brakes or no brakes, the throttle stuck, or, you know, they were all questioning that. But, yeah, he uh, ruined Nemechek's day <laughs> for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, and his was done after that because he popped the radio and ev- radiator, excuse me, and everything else. So, uh, hey, the race gets delayed by rain a few hours. Allgaier would win the second stage after they get going. Uh, Gregson, Bell, Jones, Hill, Creed, Gibbs, Nemechek, Almendinger, and Barry, the rest of the top 10. And then the race, man, unbelievable, incredible battle for the lead. Creed, Larson, and Gregson. Larson and Gregson make some contact. Then Larson and Creed make some contact and get into the wall. Creed tries to make a video game move. It didn't work. Gregson wins, and he was running third for the majority of that time. He wins over Creed, Elmendinger, Elgar. Larson falls back a little bit. Then Gibbs, Bell, Barry, Nemechek, and Hill. But unbelievable. Probably the race of the year, wouldn't you say? Well, you know, that's Darlington, man. That's why I love it so much, you know. <laughs> it just it puts out some good racing, man. I love that place. Definitely bucket list. Probably the first NASCAR racetrack that I'd like to go to. Well, hold on here. Let's. Well, that's that's not, it's up there. It's my top three for sure. If we talk about it, Milwaukee's number one for me. <laughs> we've we've been there already. I'm saying yeah. to a place. Uh, well, right now, but yeah, today Milwaukee just became priority. But uh, um, a racetrack that I haven't been to before. Bucket list. Yeah, absolutely for sure. One hundred percent. You and I have both talked about that, especially nope. when you're talking about the Southern Five Hundred, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Whew, that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> huge uh there was a rain delay again after a few laps in in the southern 500 you know we've been talking about this for the last few uh weeks and we'll continue to talk about can the rain just stay away from a racetrack my goodness well nascar's gun shy now even if it's in the next county they're already ready to hit the button for what happened uh, over at daytona and, and for rightfully so daytona was uh, was wrong what nascar pulled down there so now after that happened, now everybody's gun shy when there's a, a rain cloud off in the distance, but uh, safety first. So, but uh, yeah, the weather's really been sucky lately, especially on weekends, even up here. Well, you hit on something there. I, I don't want to say NASCAR was necessarily wrong. I mean, what would for Daytona? And I know we're going back a little bit here. What it's hard. They're, they're stuck. There's, I mean, there, it wasn't raining on the middle guy's car or the bottom guy's car or excuse me, the top guy and middle guy, but it's raining on the – it's so – I mean, what do you do? That They're in a tough position. You can't necessarily yellow flag for rain when there's not rain because especially down there, the weather is so strange that it could be raining just outside the track the whole time and never reach the track. So they're in a tough spot. There's a spotter in every corner, you know, but uh, that was kind of obvious there at Daytona. Knew that the rain was in the vicinity, you know, so I don't know. So <laughs> – they wrecked a whole bunch of stuff there, so now they changed their tune. Now just one little drip, and it's it's caution on. Yeah, they're. I'm sure they'll look into it and change some stuff around, but uh, it's hard. Or we got a better way, and I might be getting ahead of myself, like the Xfinity race at Kansas. Let's run some ghost laps to make sure we go over the over the midway point of the second stage, and then call the race. I think I think the fans got gypped there. Well, hold on. Let's. <laughs> I know I got ahead of myself, but I got an axe to grind with that decision that they made at Kansas. 
<laughs> well, so I'm all fired up. So bring it on. We'll come. We'll do full circle. We'll come back and talk about that. All right. Well, let's talk about the Southern 500 here. Right. Yeah. right this rain situation really brought up some feelings here. <laughs> you know how I feel about weather. There's nothing more disappointing than that kind of stuff at a racetrack. Oh, it's depressing. It's sad, and it's just totally wrong. <laughs> absolutely. Um. All right, so Southern 500, rain delays the race after a few laps in. Uh, when they get, get back going, Elliott spins and slides up in front of Briscoe. Both had pretty good damage. Stage ends under caution. Byron wins it. Hamlin second. Bush, Bell, Truex, Chastain, Reddick, Jones, Blaney, and Bubba Wallace. Uh, Elliott would be done for the day when the damaged vehicle policy expires on his car. Uh, Larson previously had an engine issue in that race, but it was intermittent. And then Byron also thought he was going to have an issue here. You know, they moved that, uh, fixed that car from six minutes to 10 minutes, you know, and we could see Elliot was uh, wondering if that tow link was broke, you know, because they were saying to NASCAR, some of the teams say it takes like six minutes and, what is it, six minutes and 30 seconds to, to change one of those and, and for them to stay in the race. So they got NASCAR to say, hey, let's go back to 10 minutes. I thought Elliot would have a chance. It didn't look that bad, but... Apparently there's something else that was broke up inside there that ruined his day. Yeah, it, it was uh, bigger than it looked, I think. And you're seeing that all over the place. The shots and the cars are just more damaged and bigger uh, than what it appears. So um, Chastain would pit a little while later. The rear suspension was messed up. It ended up being debris in between the drive pins. Just uh, wow, unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're learning even more about this car as we move on. Oh, we sure are. Um, Bush would go on and win the stage. Truex, Blaney, Logano, Byron, Bell, Bowman, Suarez, Jones, and McDowell, the rest of the top 10. A uh, couple drivers hit the wall pretty good, but there was no caution. And then a big fire for Kevin Harvick, and uh, he had some comments about that. Yeah, he was rather hot, and... Uh... Apparently, there's a committee that's supposed to be uh, actually regulating this, watching this, and there's they're sitting on their hands. So it takes a driver to uh, put it right on national TV and tell them just exactly how they feel. And uh, I guess he got some action out of it. So, you know, they listen to Harvick, and I guess the parts have been changed, uh, and hopefully we can stop these car fires. No reason. Yeah, and they're, they're looking into it. They already made a change, uh, I believe it was for Kansas already, um, where they adjusted some parts in there to hopefully make the um, – w- what I think it is, is is the rubber is coming inside of the wheel well or inside of the car where it's starting that firewall kind of on fire there. Um, so they kind of made an adjustment with a part, uh, added parts there on both sides. Yeah, I think the exhaust pipe gets in there, and then all of a sudden that rubber gets built up in there. So they said they made some parts out of uh, stainless steel, or it was metal, instead of uh, being a burnable metal that was there. So once again, learning about this car, but man, Harvey, not only was he on fire, he was a little hot. <laughs> yeah, he sure was. <laughs> That's saying it lightly. Um, Truex would have a mechanical issue. He was having a great night. You know, didn't he seem a little emotional after that happened? You know, we've seen that after he won a few times. Obviously, Sherry still fighting and and going through that, and, and life's diff, more difficult for him than than others going through that. 
Uh, he just, for some reason, seemed a little bit emotional to me. Maybe I was reading it the wrong way, but uh, for some reason, that's how I took it. Yeah, really. It looked like another victory for him. You know, it was in his grasp, and then it all went away. And Yeah, he had a little bit of a different look to him. So, yeah, it um, seemed like it bothered him, this loss, just a little bit more. Yeah. Well, the whole season's been kind of, you know, should be, could be, and left out of the playoffs, you know, and that's one of the best teams in NASCAR, and it's unbelievable. Got to win, man. You got to win. Winning matters. But you got to win. Yep. Um, Kyle Busch, who was leading the race, blows up under caution. Holy smokes. How do you do that? <laughs> All of a sudden, they go, hey, he's on, he's smoking, and. And that ruined his day, and he was done. He was he was probably going to win that race. It, at least at that time, he looked like the dude to beat. Yep, I I agree. I think he does go on and win that race. Well, you never know, but yep, you're right. It did uh, appear that way. Uh, Eric Jones would inherit the lead. Hamlin was in second. Hamlin came back a little bit after losing some ground to Jones, but Eric Jones in the Petty 43 holds on and wins. Uh, 55 years to the day was the last win for the 43 at Darlington. It was also the 200th win for the number 43. And the last time that the number three and number 43 went back to back was in 1999. We talked about this on our very first podcast, at least the first part here. John Andretti won at Martinsville. Dale Earnhardt won at Talladega. Because uh, Austin Dillon, remember, won at Daytona the week before. So, uh, incredible. Jones, Hamlin, Reddick, Logano, Bell, McDowell, Brad, Byron, Bubba Wallace, Bowman, your top ten. Hey, that, that hat looked pretty nice, too. He said the first words, he goes, I got a hat. And he got a Richard Petty hat and looks good in it. Hey, like Eric Jones, we met him, what, a couple times. I know you met him at Kukana, and, and I met him over in Michigan, and he was really uh, accessible where we actually sat and talked to him for about five minutes. So Eric Jones, cool dude, love it. Love that race. Love to see him win. Not that anyone's been bad to me personally or um, uh, even us for, for the podcast, but um, Eric Jones has always been good to me down at Milwaukee when he came the few times with Cowboys Motorsports. Uh, I saw him at Milwaukee uh, again this year, got an interview doing our uh, pit walk there. Also uh, saw him at Kakana this year again uh, and got an interview. So he has always been good to me, always been good to us. Um, not that anyone hasn't, but it's it's cool to see drivers like that that you um, have interviewed and met and have been very gracious with their time with you do well. And uh, that's a second Southern 500, man. I, I think he got the raw on the deal getting out of Gibbs, but I know Toyota and Gibbs is in a tough spot with having too many drivers. But uh, awesome to see him back in uh, victory land in the Cup Series. Absolutely. See the old Petty 43 out there. Well-deserved. 200 wins, like you said. All in all, very popular. Awesome. Eric Jones, cool. Speaking of the hat, very nice hat, like you said. Did you see the joke that uh, Richard Petty did before he gave him the real hat? I did not. So he pulled out um, a box, and inside the box was a miniature hat, like that you would put on your shelf, just to, like in the man cave or something. It was miniature. <laughs> they said, "Here's your hat," and then he gave him the real one uh, a few minutes later. But uh, pretty good there by the king. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna go stick this on the mantle. You know, when he was hoping <laughs> for the real thing, and then he finally got it. Good stuff. Absolutely. 
Uh, well, let's transition into Kansas now. We got all three series, starting with the trucks. Nemechek wins stage one. Uh, Ty was second. Eckes, Heim, Zane Smith, Priest, Kraus, Chandler Smith, Crafton, Tanner Gray, the top ten. Uh, Nemechek would go on to sweep the stages over Zane Smith, Priest, Eckes, Heim, Ty, Ankrum, Kraus, Crafton, and Hosevar in stage two. Yeah, all the all the normal names there on the, on that top ten. Yep. Uh, Nemechek catches Hosevar, who was running on strategy on the last lap and passes him to win. Hosevar was in almost a must-win situation. Uh, almost, he ran it out of fuel is what happened, um, and Hosevar would miss the playoffs by three points due to that. But what an incredible uh, strategy there. Unbelievable. Um, Nemechek won, obviously. Hosevar second still after he ran out of fuel going into turn three. Priest, Zane Smith, Enfinger, Chandler Smith, Heim, Ty, Howard, and Eckes, your top ten. That's the equivalent of a Hail Mary, man, and they uh, they ended up at the one-yard line. <laughs> so, so, so close, and you could definitely see, once again, Hosevar second place, and uh, looked like he was rather upset about that, so going to have to fight another day. They asked him what he was feeling, and he said uh, he didn't know how to handle himself, even though he's been in this position plenty of times now. Um, yeah, you know, when he said, I, don't, I still don't know how to handle this, so you could tell. You know, obviously, you expected the emotion to be there, but there was something about that sentence that he didn't know how to handle him, how to handle it, that uh, kind of hit home for a lot of people. He's only nineteen, dude. There's there's victories coming for him, and when it comes, he's gonna have the biggest party of them all. So, you know, uh, there's a lot of guys that end up in second place for a long time. Uh, Chase Elliott, you know, when when's that win coming? When's that win coming? And always that first one's the hardest one, and th there's a victory coming for Carson Olsbar, no doubt. Yep, I, I believe that as well. Uh, well, this was the cutoff race for the trucks. So Nemechek advanced with his win. Chandler Smith advanced with a win. And Enfinger advanced with a win. Uh, Zane Smith uh, advanced by points by 58 points. Ty by 43 points. Friesen by 12. Rhodes by 9. Eckes by 3. Hosevar missed by 3, like we said. And Crafton missed by 10. Going into the next round, Zane Smith is the point leader up 24. Chandler Smith is plus 15. Nemechek is plus 11. Rhodes is plus 4. Friesen is minus 4. Ty is minus 9. Enfinger and Eckes are minus 10. So it's very, very tight. A DNF in this one and these three races will kill you in this one. You got to finish every race at least. Unless it's Talladega and everyone else wrecks out with you, which could happen. Well, that's Talladega, and you pretty much can expect that. So, yeah, hey, you want the pressure off to get before you get to Talladega, so that puts the emphasis on Bristol to win that race. So, hey, I could go to Talladega and run a half a lap down and let them guys do whatever they're going to do if you got that win. And then, uh, yeah, Homestead's a really tough one too, you know, so um, – it comes down to Bristol, man. You got to, you know, that's that's where it's at. Get in and then you can rest for two weeks and get ready for Phoenix. That's a big advantage if you got a couple of weeks to think about Phoenix. So, yep, this race is tomorrow night, Thursday night, is going to be the big race. Absolutely, yep. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, we just talked about it with Ty and mentioned it in there. Um, huge, huge race there. Although, um, 
you mentioned something there that stuck in my head too was uh, you know you can run a half. I think if you win at at Bristol, you run up front on Talladega and don't really care what happens because you there's still valuable stage. I guess stage points wouldn't matter, but run up front and just give her hell and doesn't matter if you wreck out. No, you run it like Lauren Leach would run it on iRacing. You run a half a lap low and then wait for everybody to wreck themselves. And then at the very end, you do like a Denny Hamlin. You know, all of a sudden, one of the very last 20 laps, all of a sudden, there you are. But uh, everybody knows it's going to be a big pileup at Talladega. So hope not. I'd like to see a whole race that don't have the big one. We haven't seen one of them in a while. Yeah, uh, seems like we had one in the we have one in the Cup Series every now and then, but I don't know playoffs. I don't expect that at all, unfortunately. But uh, hey, that's that's next week. Let's get through uh, Bristol first. Bristol's tough enough as it is, for sure. Uh, the Xfinity Series at Kansas next. Uh, Gibbs wins Stage One over Gregson, Jones, Sammy Smith, Elgar, Moffitt, Hill, uh, Elmendinger, Barry, and Herbst. I want to mention something there, Moffitt was running in that 07 SS Green Light car, and he was fast. Yeah, yep, I agree with that. Well, and then we here we go, the caution for rain with eight to go on the stage. Uh, they did run a few caution laps. There was some moisture coming down, wanted to make sure everything was good. They end up finishing the stage somehow. Gregson wins the stage over Elgeyer, Gibbs, Jones, Chastain, Elmendinger, Barry, Sammy Smith, Mayer, and Moffitt. Gibbs and Elgar made some pretty good contact coming to the line. Uh, Gibbs did take more responsibility, but that was a pretty big shot, and if they were going to go back to green, that could have been an issue. <laughs> that would have been an issue, yeah. So, but uh, They uh, rubbed her up pretty good coming out of four. And then the red flag would come for more rain at the end of stage two, and the stage two finish would be the end. So Gregson takes the win. Elgar, Gibbs, Jones, Chastain, Almendinger, Barry, Sammy Smith, Mayer, and Moffitt were your top 10. We all looked at the radar and you knew it was coming, but they knew for sure that if they would have stopped that race, they would have been back Sunday morning, more than likely, because they weren't going to wait it out. But, uh, gee, they, they, they were going more for the teams than they were for the fans on that one. They made sure that they limped across the halfway point so that they could go home. If I was a paying racing fan, I don't think I really would appreciate that. For me, it's hard to say because I don't know, was there moisture falling in the corner that they wanted to make sure it wasn't going to be bigger than what it was currently? Uh, well, I, I don't know. Also, with what happened at Daytona, and we talked about it prior, I'm sure they are very hesitant. So I talk about it all the time. I'm up in the tower on a Thursday night and for other events. And it's crazy what happens up there and trying to get a show in and do all that. So with Daytona fresh on the mind, they're, I'm sure they're extra cautious, and uh, they did what they had to, I guess. But I'm, I can appreciate your opinion, and I'm sure others feel that way as well. A lot of people didn't bring it up that way, but if I was a paying racing fan and I traveled 600 miles to drive to Kansas City and spend a weekend down there and get gypped like that, I'd come back Sunday morning and watch them finish that race. Still got another 106 laps to go, 200-lap race, and they only got 94 in. So technically, but now they came up with this two-stage, and that, that's halfway and everything. Blah, blah, blah. Move on. <laughs> 
I appreciate your passion, but maybe there were some fans that couldn't come back, so they were okay with that. And and honestly, when you buy a ticket, you know that could be a possibility. You don't want it to happen, obviously, but you know you know that could happen. But you know, if you're going to be there Saturday watching the Xfinity race, you know you're going to be there for the Cup race on Sunday. At I, least ninety five percent of the people yeah, will. I agree. Yeah, I'm sure there are some that that don't, but. Um, it's unfortunate either way, but uh, I mean, it helped the teams out. You know, hey, we could split out of Kansas and go go to the next place. You know, but uh, like I say, for for a paying racing fan to buy a ticket, I would have felt like I got gypped. Yeah, give me I, a disc, give me a discount on the Cup race then the next day. Go go to their office and say I want a discount because you gypped well, me and it didn't ever made it halfway. So give me a discount or I don't know. You agree um, to the terms, but yeah, I, I I appreciate your passion, appreciate your opinion. Yeah, well, when I seen the cup race come on, and I finally seen the weather was cleared out of there, I was relieved, and so we knew that we could get the full race in at Kansas. Absolutely, and before we get into the cup race here, talking about points now, there's a couple of things here. We're going into Bristol, which is the cutoff race for the regular season for the Xfinity series. So Gibbs, Gregson, Almendinger, Elgeyer, Barry, Hill, Jones, Mayer, Herbst, and Clements are in due to wins. And, yes, you heard that correctly. Clements is in. The appeal went through successfully. So Jeremy Clements will be in with that win. I heard something interesting on the ride home from uh, on SiriusXM, and they said, the actual part that was found to be, I will say, incorrect on the car, they actually didn't even need to bring to the R&D center. They could have removed that part. That part is not teched. So since they brought it there, NASCAR probably thought, well, it's here. We might as well tech it, and it was incorrect. So we don't know if that factored into the de- decision at all, but um, kind of interesting tidbit there. Okay. Yep, that's news to me, but... Yeah, I see he got it back, so he's back in there. So cheer him on at Talladega, man, so he can move on. Which makes a huge difference in the points. So Hemrick is now only up 37. Castle is only up 19. And Sieg, who was in up 13 previously, is now out, sitting 19 back. And Creed, who was only 13 out, is now 32 back. So there is big ramifications to that. It's 20, 30 point swing for some of them teams. So, yeah, big decision there. I'm sure them guys didn't like it. Yeah. Or hope that it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to uh, Bristol for the Xfinity Series. Always a, a good race down there as well. Yep. Uh, Cup Series at Kansas. We'll move on to that. Stage one, Chastain, Bubba, and Harvick were three wide. Chastain and Bubba barely have enough room to move up. Harvick gets sideways and pancakes the right side of his car. Yep, and that pretty much he's got to win this weekend or forget it. He's done. He's so far out of points. Yep, and we'll talk about points here in a little bit, but you are absolutely Did you see that car when he got it into the pits, how the right, right front tire was flopping over and the whole car, the car was just a mess on the right side when he got it into the pits. It looked like it was running on square wheels. Oh yeah, it was uh, it, it was crazy. He hit <laughs> that, pretty hard. That right front was running like it was a square wheel. Absolutely. Um, Reddick has a tire go down and hits the wall. Has a broken upper control arm. 
he would be done for the day. Some major points ramifications there as well. Bell wins the opening stage over Blaney, Truex, Stenhouse, Bubba, Elliott, Bush, Chastain, Logano, and Dillon. And then LaJoy makes contact with Gibbs, and Gibbs goes hard into the wall with the right front. Uh, that almost looked like payback. They talked about it a little bit, but didn't have video of anything happening prior. But it did have a look of payback. You are correct about that. Uh, wish they had that video, but uh, it's almost amazing that they're so good at it that they don't have the angle. When you when they don't see it, it's, it's amazing. There isn't much places to hide something like that, but apparently they didn't catch it. Yeah. Um. And then Stenhouse hits the wall pretty good. He was having a good day. Of course, his owner just talked about him prior to that happening. The old uh, announcer curse. <laughs> yeah, I saw Stenhouse up there. I'm going, let's see if this is going to last. Uh, nope, nope, that, that's not, not going to happen today. And then a lot of contact on the restart makes some check up and go three and four wide. Burton, Jones, LaJoy, Kozlowski, Amarola get involved in an incident. Well, it was so tight, and everybody was running into somebody. It finally, finally bit somebody. You just can't go four, four and a half wide, maybe five wide at Kansas. Doesn't work there, right? Uh, Kyle Bush would spin off of turn four and goes into the grass there. That would be a detriment to his day. Bowman wins the stage over Bell, Byron, Bubba, Elliott, Hamlin, Larson, Logano, Blaney, and Chastain. Bowman was Bowman led the most laps. It looked like that was the car to beat in those first two stages. Yes, yes, he was. He led a bunch of laps. Um, going through the race, everything was pretty smooth from there. Bubba Wallace would win the race. He had a great car all day, led some laps prior to that as well. Over his uh, one of his car owners, Denny Hamlin, then Bell, Bowman, Truex, Byron, Chastain, Larson, Blaney, and Suarez. How about that win for Bubba? And you could see the emotion coming out saying, what are they going to say about me now because of the whole <laughs> rain-shortened race at Talladega? Yeah, he finally got his win. You know, the 45 also won at Kansas uh, in the spring with Kurt Busch in there. So that 45 car swept the Kansas uh, two twenty two season. Absolutely, yeah. So let me ask you that since we're talking about that. Do you think it's the actual 45 car or do they just switch the wrap on it? Does it really matter since it's made in the same shop too? It doesn't matter. It's just a different wrap. Doubt if it was the same car. Maybe, maybe if I was guessing, why not give the car that won there last in the spring, throw it back out there in the summer. So that probably was uh, Kurt Busch's old car. Just put a different seat in it. Yeah, very well could be. My, you know, when this whole thing came out and said, oh, you know, people are saying, well, wait till Gibbs wins in the 23. To me, it was almost like, well, it's still going to be the same 23 team. They're just going to put a different wrap on it for, uh, because Kurt Busch's win still gets him into the owner playoff, so they had they moved Bubba over since he was running a little better than Ty Gibbs. Something about drivers or owners, owners points, and then, I don't know, he's still eligible, and so that's how come they switched that up. Kind of strange, um, <laughs> but uh, works for him, so he uh, got a well-deserved victory. Yep. And then going into uh, the cutoff at Bristol here, Bell is plus 58, so he is locked into the next round. Byron plus 48, Hamlin plus 47, Logano plus 40, Blaney plus 36, Bowman plus 30, Elliott plus 28, Larson plus 27, Chastain plus 26, and then it gets interesting. Suarez plus 6, Reddick plus 2, Sindrick plus 2. 
Then Kyle Busch, minus two. Austin Dillon, minus three. Briscoe, minus nine. And Harvick, minus 35. Yep, that makes Harvick going to have to, uh, he's got to win. Um, yeah, that's um, Chase Elliott. He uh, he gave up all them bonus points that he had. He had that great big lead, and then all of a sudden he ran, you know, he's in the middle of the pack. If he has a DNF, Chase Elliott could find himself looking out just like Harvick did last year with a big lead. Absolutely. Yeah, that would be that would be almost unfathomable, but we know it's possible. And oh, yeah. we talked about this when the whole system was how luckily was it that someone would uh likely, excuse me, would have two bad races in a round, but you could have three bad races in a round, you know, it is possible. And you know how it is at Bristol, people get ticked off at each other. Who says Harvick doesn't come up and say, Hey, Chase Elliott, here goes your season, mine's over and and that's something from last year, and you just right up in the right position in the right area, you can end up with some hurt feelings after this next race. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's Bristol, baby. <laughs> it's Bristol, baby. I love that it's a cutoff race, too. It is. So it means everything. Absolutely. Uh, well, let's talk about some news. And my goodness, has there been some big news? In fact, there might be some news that some people didn't hear today, including yourself, Mark, um, like that Manifold deal. Um, so announced previously that we didn't get to talk about, Tyler Reddick announces that he's going to go to 2311 in 2024. Here's my question. Why do you – it was kind of strange timing. Why – to me, I don't think I would announce that right away. Hamlin said there's a sponsorship uh, stuff, but it's strange that you would announce it 18 months ahead of time. And it completely blindsided Richard Childress Racing. Well, it seems like he's slowly starting to take care of that situation because um, all of a sudden the eight car has a whole new driver in it. Um, yeah, strange strange to be looking out that far out into the future. Um, so it's really strange that uh, silly season starts a year in advance of where it normally does now. <laughs> Crazy, and I wonder if we'll see that again. I don't know, but... Uh, here's, here was the shocking news yesterday. It was rumored to be happening. I really did not think this would happen. I thought that this driver would be staying where he was at. Kyle Busch to Richard Childress Racing. When I, when I think Toyota, I think Kyle Busch. Also, KBM has been unbelievable for Toyota Racing Development. And now you got to think, you know, actually, we know they're going to Chevrolet. So what will this mean for Toyota racing development? And then also think about the dominoes that made this possible, uh, the next gen car. Because if the next gen car isn't out, Richard Childress Racing wasn't running as consistent or getting wins uh, like they have been this year. They have three wins. The eight car specifically has been running really, really well. Um, the Reddick announcement 18 months prior, like we just said. And uh, I just can't believe that Kyle did not go back to Joe Gibbs Racing. I got a good idea. Put the eight in the three and kick the grandson to the curb, and you'll have a dynamite team. I I'm said, I'm not on board with that. Um, <laughs> not here. Well, hey, you Austin, said it. Austin, Austin Dillon is underachieving all the time. Put the put put Reddick in that car and see if it'll perform. I. Let me ask you this. I know it was under certain circumstances, but Austin Dillon has a Daytona 500. He has a uh, 
Coca-Cola 600, and he darn near won the Southern 500 last year. Has he been the most consistent? No. But if you look back earlier in the year even, he was clicking off top fives, top tens. I think with a little more experience with the new car, Austin Dillon might be more consistent. Is he ever going to be top-of-the-line driver? Maybe not. But does Kyle Busch coming there help that? Well, we'll see about that. That's the big thing. And how much is Chevy going to back that that team? It's definitely a step up for Childress. But, you know, Childress is up in the age just like when Roush was. And once when he got up in age, that, that team seemed to kind of fade. And I'm wondering if that's going to happen at Childress or who else is in the wings to take that over, you know. Are they going to make a move like what Roush did and bring Keselowski in? I mean – Childress has been there a long time, dude. I mean, a long time. And, uh, you know, the fire still burns, but that dude's getting up in age, man. And there's going to have to be somebody else to keep that keep that thing rolling. So questions to look into the future. Um, but if you want to dial up uh, Austin Dillon, you just dial I for inconsistent, and he'll answer the phone for you. Yeah, there's no doubt he's been inconsistent. Um and I think he would tell you that, that he needs to be better. You know, there's also circumstances that haven't helped him. I don't think RCR, I mean, before this next-gen car, anyone in that RCR car after Kevin Harvick left really has not done much of anything until this next-gen car, and they started winning where, you know, that was kind of an equalizer there. So I don't know. As far as uh, Richard Childress, I think there's a succession plan there. I, I I have no knowledge of the situation, obviously, but I would think that uh, Richard Childress' daughter and Mike Dillon, who has been heavily involved and is a higher up there, Austin and Ty's father, would be the natural succession. And also, Austin Dillon recruited Kyle Busch. Austin Dillon is the one who got this ball rolling, and they interviewed Austin after – he kind of sounded like a NASCAR owner to me. Is he going to maybe um, give it a few years and maybe go on the management side? Almost like a Ben Kennedy is what I thought of with NASCAR. Well, he's family and blood is uh, thicker than water. So why not a Dylan to move up? So maybe, maybe you did see something that, that uh, goes with that. Who is the main sponsor in an eight car or what is, what is Kyle Bush got for a sponsor? They have sponsors, but they did not announce them. So we do not know. Also, we do not know what's going on with KBM other than that it's switching to Chevrolet. And before we get too much further down into this, because it's huge, huge news, uh, Kyle Bush did ask about driving the three car, and Richard said it was not on the table, so that wasn't going to happen. But Paint it black. Paint it black because everybody's comparing them to all the time. So wouldn't that be nice to see a black number three out there and Kyle driving like Dale? Huh. I think that would be cool. As long as Kyle could use his chrome horn once in a while, just like Senior did. I I think that would be cool. However, I do – I mean, I know Dale kind of made the three what it is, but Richard Childers, you have to remember, started in the three before he got out of the seat to give it to Dale. So that means something to Austin and and the Childers and Dylan family as well. Plus – now Kyle only has to get rid of the one. So people that have a tattoo, you can just get rid of that one there, and it can be an eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, hopefully it'll be a red number, too, red number eight. It usually is. 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll see what the sponsors. I there, saw but... that Kyle Busch was going to be in a fifty-one car. I was getting people are coming from all directions asking me, "What do you think? What do you think?" You know, and I heard the rumor of him going to Chevy, but then I thought, you know, if that's the case, there is such a ripple effect on this whole deal with KBM in the in the truck series. And you know, right away, all of a sudden, found out, hey, they're going to trucks. Well, what's that? What's that going to do over at Thor with their all their Tundra? You're right. What what is what is Toyota going to do um, for the other standing tier um, Toyota teams? So, yeah, there's a huge ripple effect with this whole thing that went on. So, um, it's a big deal. Um, so, we know Kyle will be performing in that eight car really well. So, now we're going to have to find out the third car that's going to be out there, and we'll see where that lands. Wherever well, Reddick is getting the third car, that's what I heard. That is that is correct. So Reddick will be in a third car as of right now. Um, they asked him initially if it's going to be a third charter car. He's Richard Childress said yes. They asked him later a different way or kind of a separate question, and he said he wasn't ready to discuss it right now. So it kind of confused me. Is it going to be a chartered car? If it is, he's not ready to announce where it's coming from. So we don't know the details on that yet. Also. It is, I still think, even though Richard said he's under contract and, and maybe the charter thing, I still think it's possible that 2311 buys out Tyler Reddick a year early. I, it, it is, if they don't, it's going to be an interesting, interesting situation. Well, that's probably the ball is up in the air about that for sure. So we're going to see what happens with that. Um, yeah, that'll be the news before Daytona. That would be a smart move to, to, for Reddick just to move on to where he's going instead of being in a car for one year. I heard that sponsor now. Uh, I read somewhere that said that uh, that charter is coming from the 51 Rick Ware car, and I thought that was legit when I read that on uh, J-Ski. Uh, I read that yesterday. So, so <clears throat> apparently, I don't know if that's a rumor or whatever, but that's where I heard that that charter was coming in. And, uh, you know, the three and the eight, so it would probably be at 83. And I can't see Reddick running a car for one year. What about the 33 coming back for them? Hey, Childress used to have 33, yeah. Or uh, 29, or, you know, I thought long and hard about this because 29 means a lot to RCR. Uh, 33, Clint Boyer ran that for a while. Obviously, the dual threes there. Uh, could be could be 38, could be 83. I mean, the Something. list goes on. Um, but also, uh, speaking about that, Randall Burnett, who is the current crew chief for um, Tyler Reddick, is going to be Kyle Busch's crew chief. So who will Reddick's be if he stays there? Um, also, you start thinking about and, – and before I get into the other things here uh, on some other things that you touched on, um, they asked him why the eight car, why making the change with Burnett as the crew chief. And he said, well, Reddick's gone after a year and we want to build this eight up and build this team up. So we had to, so he felt like it was right to make the switch. So that's why they're doing that. Um, but talk about the ripple effect. I just thought of something, you know, I talked about the ripple effect for Toyota racing development and all that. What are they going to do? Instantly, I thought about Thor Sport. I started getting uh, nervous about what that could mean for Ty, for other drivers there, because they're looking for spots now 
for Nemechek and Heim, who are under contract with Toyota. So what happens there is there a team that switches that we don't know of. And the thing that I thought of when you said it that I didn't think about previously is what about a team like uh, Helmar Friesen Racing that has a tie with Kyle Busch and switched from Chevrolet to Toyota? Do they put that team together and go back to Chevrolet? What happens there? So, my gosh, there is so many ripple effects here that we have no information on. Yeah, so you know, once when everybody's hearing the deal, I'm I'm thinking there's a lot more than just Kyle Busch going to Chil- Childress. There's so much other stuff behind the scenes stuff. So it'll be a fun, uh, crazy season off season. We'll find out where that all goes. And before we move on, we're gonna stick on this topic for a second. I watched the announcement. I'm not sure if you did, Mark, or heard it. Um, one of the first things that they did because the infamous. Uh, hold my watch when I think it was Kyle Busch and Austin Dillon got into it. Um, or no, it was Kevin Harvick maybe at uh, Darlington, but hold my watch. Cause he was going to go beat Kyle Busch up. Um, his signing bonus was a watch. So he said, here, here's my watch to Kyle Busch. So Kyle Busch said, Oh good. Now I can hold it for you. So that was pretty cool. Also um, before they got going after a little bit, he called Samantha and Brexton up there and, uh, gave Brexton an option to race for Richard Childers Racing when he's old enough. So I thought that was pretty cool of Richard Childers to include Brexton and Samantha and Lennox uh, in the announcement. And, you know, the one thing you always hear about Richard Childers Racing, and you can see with the shows that they've done on TV and everything, is they always talk about being a family, that when you're here, you're family, even when you go on, you're family. And to me, that just showed it. It was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like... Childress and Kyle Busch together, and you know, you would have, you would have said that four years ago. I'd laugh at you and say there is absolutely no way. And uh, boy, Kyle Busch is gone from Toyota, man. That is huge news. Huge news. Well, and even Kyle Busch didn't believe it when Austin Dillon reached out to him. He said, huh, "Would your would your grandfather even entertain the offer?" So Kyle Busch didn't think it was possible either. And then Austin said, yeah, absolutely. Let's get together. So Kyle said, well, that's a possibility. I guess we got to talk about them, some things first and hash out the old uh, watch moment and all that stuff. So they got through it. And um, Richard Childress said when he looks at Kyle Busch and there was talking about winning and championships, he says, I've seen that same look from Dale Earnhardt before. So if Richard Childress is saying it, you know, there's a comparison there for real. Well, Kyle's halfway through his career, you know. There's a lot more wins on the table for him. Um, yeah, the sky's the limit. We'll see what happens. Money talks on that whole deal, and we'll see what the sponsorship that comes out for them teams. You know, he's got that rowdy energy. He's got that. But, uh, yeah, we'll see where else, what other kind of uh, um, sponsorship will help that team. They're going to need that. Yeah, Absolutely. There's some few other notes that I want to uh, say here because I found them interesting. Here's one. Um, This weekend, this Sunday, Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin will race their 516th race as teammates, breaking a tie with Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon for most all time. So obviously I say it now because um, Kyle and Denny will not be teammates any longer. And also I saw an interesting fact earlier that – I'm going to butcher this. I'm trying to find it that Dale Earnhardt at the age of 37 had, 
a, a certain amount of wins and a certain amount of championships. And Kyle Busch at the age of 37 had more wins and almost as many championships. So 60 wins and two championships for Kyle Busch. So I'll try to uh, look up that here and see if I can find that quick to let you know that. But you can't, you know, the Xfinity and Truck Series sure did enhance Kyle Busch to, uh, to get those victories. I always believed, you know, during, you know, back in the heyday when Mark Martin was running Xfinity or, you know, the Bush Series, how much that helped his career. Um, There's many drivers. You can go through all the um, many drivers. We could sit here and pick all kinds of them that go down to the truck or the, mostly the Xfinity Series <clears throat> to, to enhance their weekend, and it does nothing but help. I think it's a little bit more with this new car really throws them a curveball because they're they're definitely two different animals. But in the day, um, the lower-ranked race track races definitely helped them out for the Sunday race. Yeah, I, I found it here. If if this is correct, Dale Sr. at 37, three championships, 33 wins. Kyle Busch at 37, two championships, so one less, and 60 wins, so 27 more, almost double. Uh, so I found that interesting. The other thing interesting about that set that I found is Dale at 37, he passed at 49, so 12 years later, he had 76 wins. So he over he doubled that and went over double on that and won four more championships. So uh, pretty incredible there. Uh, that really puts – I don't know, I found that interesting. I'm a big Dale senior fan. And uh, I guess I didn't realize that. So that was that. That's why I read the stat. Is I thought it was very interesting. It was all kinds of wins that was going through their build, you know. Um, so yeah, seventy six wins. I believe Kyle will probably pass that. He's over sixty now. So um, we'll see. We'll see. I can see how people compare the two. They both drive um, all out. That's for sure. Yep, for sure. Well, let's move on from that. I know that took a lot. Lot of time, but it is shocking big news uh, that came down. Uh, some other news that has happened since um, Noah Gregson is going to the GMS Petty number 42. Ty Dillon is out of that ride, so Noah Gregson moves up from Junior Motorsports to the 42 for GMS Petty. Uh, how about this one? This is another one that I heard rumblings on for a long time, and everyone did uh, that Eric Almarola is not going to retire. <laughs> so now he gets out of the house. Yeah, that was strange how all of a sudden he, he was all setting right off into the sunset. And and I think Smithfield even is coming back. I think he even kept his sponsor too. So, yeah, he's back in the 10 car for next year. And I thought I saw somewhere that it's actually a two-year deal. I can't find that anymore. So that would be even more interesting. I uh, I did not see that coming. It seemed like he was pretty set in, in retiring there. But um uh, also, Eric Jones returns to the 43. He signed a new deal. He was rumored to be available for that number 10 ride, but Eric Romarola coming back for that one. Um, and then Project 91 and Trackhouse. We talked about Kimi Raikkonen being in the 91 car at Watkins Glen there. That's kind of a cool deal. Trackhouse Racing, Justin Marks, Pitbull, all the people over there, they want to get more uh, worldwide stars in there, like Formula One, uh, like Kimi Raikkonen and others. So. That's a pretty cool deal. You know, I thought Kyle Busch was going to end up in that that team um, at first because it seems like that's the team that's got that's actually uh, looking pretty good for now in the future. Yeah, 
Yeah, you're right on that. So uh, maybe it was, you know, colleague was also rumored to be in Stuart Haas racing. Um, what team wouldn't want Kyle Busch? But uh, yeah, there was a few that were you were thinking about that could actually happen and be a good fit. Um, something announced to, well, before I get into that, uh, going into the Xfinity series now, uh, Sam Mayer signs on for another year with uh, Junior Motorsports to return to the number one. And something that you may have heard, maybe not today, it came down, uh, I think I saw it on my lunch, uh, Brandon Jones leaving Joe Gibbs Racing goes to the Junior Motorsports number 9, which Noah Gregson vacates to go to GMS Petty 42. So Gibbs loses another ride, another driver. So, wow, that's two drivers that uh, got away from Joe Gibbs. But he, uh, he, he's he got ways of finding talent. We'll, we'll see where that goes, too. Well, and think about this, besides the drivers that he's losing, a lot of sponsorship. Brandon Jones was bringing that Menards and Ream sponsorship. Kyle Busch loses the M&M sponsorship with Gibbs. So um, lots of sponsorship dollars. Now, you think about that and you're like, well, I would think this would be what I'm thinking is that John Hunter Nemechek moves to Joe Gibbs in the Xfinity Series side because they're, well, Gibbs Gibbs is going to be in the 18, right? That's what we're thinking. So uh, there would be two open seats there. I know they only run based on the sponsorship that they can do, so they only run as many cards as they can. But you would think John Hunter would be a natural selection coming from Cup, doing as well as trucks as he's doing. He's a Toyota driver, so maybe that would be a good fit. And then maybe Corey Heim, you know, he's one in the truck series. Maybe he goes into another Xfinity ride for them. So still got some good talent there where it gets interesting to see how they – continue to filter that in with truck series like we talked about yeah gibbs won't be hurt at all there's some drivers there so they won't be hurt and they'll be able to fill them seats and maybe they go in a different direction all, all together and something else happens there's so many uh unknown questions like we said previously um and then some uh schedule news we're only going to hit on a few of them here uh how about north wilkesboro back on the schedule for an all-star race for the cup series and the trucks also going back there that same weekend uh, we talked about it, the Milwaukee Mile, Trucks, and ARCA are going to be there on August 27th. Uh, also, I saw on social media, someone asked if they're going to have the Big 8 Series or anything there, and they said there could be something coming on that Saturday. So watch out for that. It might be a doubleheader weekend there at the Milwaukee Mile for some series. Uh, and then Xfinity does come back to Road America. I was happy to see that. They've been going there for a long time. So I believe that's July 29th that they're going to be back there. So happy to see that Road America uh, at least keeps the Xfinity series. And then also the last thing here, Auto Club was confirmed. This will be the last year for the two-mile track. Uh, Ben Kennedy did say there's some things still to iron out with the half-mile design and all of that going on. But this will be the last year that they'll run on the two-mile track. They sure held the schedule back a little bit, you know. Um all of a sudden, they were talking about it on the on the broadcast this last week, and just like you know what what's going on here, and they finally got it figured out. So, um, yeah, that street street race in Chicago, it's right smack dab in the middle of the of the uh, um, the schedule. Um, yep, Milwaukee's back. Love Road America coming back. The Cup Series pretty much stayed the same. Everything is pretty much legit there. So, um, so yeah, the schedule stays out. Always exciting. And I think based on the few changes that they did make this year, you could see some big changes coming the following year. You know, you're thinking about what could Wilkesboro be a points race at some point. 
Um, could they be added to that? Could Milwaukee Mile maybe get the Xfinity Series back there? Or maybe Cup? Uh, there's a lot of lot of options. And you know, one thing is they're kind. They kind of took away from the mile and a half tracks, the bigger tracks. And this was talked about on the radio this morning on my way home. Is that actually has provided some of the best racing? Short tracks and road uh, road courses have kind of struggled a little bit, and mile and a half has been some of the best racing. And now they're kind of switching from that. So, could it be a repeat of years ago where they were building mile and a half because it was providing good racing? They switched the car; it becomes a short track and road course type vehicle where they put on good racing. And is it kind of switching a little bit? Are we concerned? that we're getting away from mile and a half now that they're putting on some good racing. So we'll have to see what the future holds, I guess. Yeah. Mile and a half track saying, Hey, if we lose the date, why don't we just tear our racetrack up, make it like Atlanta and have a super racetrack. You know, Texas only gets one race next year. Um, yeah. I know that's a, a tough one there to, to say we want to do more super speedways, but these cookie cutter racetracks like Vegas and Kansas, um, they kind of put out the same kind of product. Um, people sure did like Atlanta because <laughs> fans would like something like that. I'm sure the drivers and the owners wouldn't. But, um, yeah, we'll see. The schedule all stayed the same. Uh, I think they still need to mix it up more. Um, I don't think Phoenix should be the championship race every year. So that's my opinion. But Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, there's been uh, when Phoenix was first announced, there was some people calling in and or actually it was when Daytona was moved to the regular season championship for the Cup Series. Talking about maybe Daytona being the championship and all that. I, I don't know if I go that far, but I agree. The championship needs to switch from Phoenix. It needs to be I almost would like it to switch every year. Maybe you could even circle it within five, four or five different tracks. Uh, but keep it kind of different so it's not the same track every year. Well, we said the same thing about Homestead. Every year, Homestead, and all of a sudden, hey, they did another racetrack, Phoenix. Now now we're sitting back on that too. Um, yeah, every once in a while, I, I like to see everything kind of changed all around. Well, and that's a hot topic too, Phoenix, right now, because it didn't really provide the best racing the last few years and didn't do well in the spring with the new car either for the Cup Series. Yep, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to go we'll have to go out there and sit on uh Rattlesnake Hill and we'll take over when we get out there. How's that? Yes, I'm all <laughs> for that. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, hey, one question for you before we end this thing here. Do you want to make picks on air for Bristol? I will I'll tell you right straight up right now. I know I will take Kyle Bush in the cup series. Um, the other two, I'm going to have to do some, uh, some looking into it. I haven't really looked at it. I got my new phone today and the fans will be excited that I'm going to have new video with a new phone. I'm ready to break it out of here at Seymour at a dirt race this weekend, but, uh, been really busy, uh, finally getting back into the saddle, being home. You know, I was up North with my mom's birthday. And so, I got to I got to take two more days or I got to look at uh, the Xfinity and the truck race and see who I still got and then I will get back to you later tonight how's that but Kurt Kyle Bush will be my pick on the cup race for sure No no you said Kurt I heard it I heard Kyle, it Kyle Kyle Bush <laughs> Um 
And you were gracious a lot the other day when you told me that uh, Denny Hamlin wasn't winning or wasn't running at Darlington. And I and I just read it on J-Ski and he never cleared it up. And then all of a sudden you brought it up. And then when I looked it up, oh, oh, Denny is in race. And Denny was still hurting from a wreck at Daytona. So so you were genuous enough that you would give me uh, give me another pick. So I'll have to... Uh, I'll have to buy you a beer or something there, buddy, for being nice. So the Snowball ter- uh, der- Derby ticket is still up for grabs here. Uh, let's give them an update on our points to- total here. Um, you have 44 wins over me. I have 43 wins over you, so I have cut it. At one point, I was down like 14. It was like uh, maybe it was 14 to 1. Um, so I've cut it down to 1. But every time I get close to you, I get it within 1 or 2. And then you win the whole weekend, and it's all of a sudden it's four, and then I have to claw my way back. So this has been uh, this has been a lot of fun with something cool on the line for us. So, um, and then for our actual wins, you have seven win- drivers that have actually won the race, and I have eight. So we haven't done the best for that. But you have to remember, we can only take a driver three times. So we're taking some drivers that we hope just finish inside the top five and finish better than the others yeah so it's been fun and it's going to come right down to last week because good minds think alike just like you there lauren so i know you took my kyle bush pick i'm kind of disappointed about that right you, now, I'm not gonna lie. But, but you've been hanging around me for a long time soon you'll be like me <laughs> there can only be one mark allen my goodness oh, the world would not want that. that is that is enough right there <laughs> <laughs> hey uh one question for you before we end this up uh be after this uh so if we let's say we tie with points, what do you want the tiebreaker to be? Do you want it to be wins, win- like driver wins? The winner at Oktoberfest. Well, Oktoberfest would be before the end of the NASCAR. Oh, it yep, it would be. Well, I'm just shooting from the hip, so we'll have to think about it. I was thinking wins total, like I have eight, you have seven. Well, I'll have 10 after this weekend. Gosh, I hope not. That would be terrible <laughs> for me. That would be so terrible. Uh, you would win it. I would just hand back your check that I haven't cashed yet. I would. I know just... I know. my checkbook hasn't figured out yet. I'm sitting here trying to figure my checkbook. That I, I haven't been in for three weeks. I'm going, all right, Lauren, what are you doing with it? I'll get it done, yeah. Otherwise, so... I can't. Otherwise, I can get off the ramen diet that I'm on because my <laughs> checkbook is that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm so eating creamy well, peanut butter, and you're eating chunky peanut butter, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, let's uh, let's end this thing. We talked uh, long enough here. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, as always, and for your support. Thank you to everyone who bought apparel and supported us. I do have extras. I'll be posting something about that soon. Uh, so I do have some extras if, if you would like a, a shirt. Um, so black T-shirts that I have available. Uh, Mark, thanks for joining me on this again. Uh, we will recap our playoff driver picks on the next podcast, I believe. So because the Xfinity series isn't in it yet, I didn't want to do one and not the other or two and not one. So we'll review that uh, the next time here. And, um, hey, Bristol is shaping up to be a good one tomorrow night with the trucks right away, Friday with Xfinity, Saturday with Cup. Hope the weather looks good down there. And uh, this is an exciting part of the year. We got some short trucks, uh, short track stuff happening here, kind of winding down a little bit, but fun, fun time of the year, buddy. 
Yep, Slinger's doing their free, free entry. You can actually donate down there if you want to put it towards uh, the, the purse down there. Um, once again, we proved that we pray. We pray first before we go racing for everybody on the property. So thankful that everybody walked away decent, decent as they could of what happened at Slinger taking offense in the, in the flag stand getting taken down. Um, three week, three race weekend down at the Dells, lots of double features because they got a little bad weather down there. So that whole weekend is just stacked with racing Friday through Sunday. And then comes the big one out at lacrosse. And we got a four-day weekend out there. So <laughs> there's a lot of local good stuff coming up yet, too, man. So racing season is still on and very excited. Absolutely, for sure. Looking forward to most of that and uh, doing some work with the podcast down at some of those events as well. Um, again, thank you, everyone. Thanks, Mark. And, uh, hey, we'll talk to you soon. See ya. This has been a production of Lore Sports. Hope you all enjoyed it, and thank you for listening.